at comedy clubs and say, I need an agent. And I'm like, why? Because I want to know why you think you need an agent. A lot of times people, they think that an agent relationship is very transactional. A manager's relationship is more strategy. Hmm. And, you know, and laying out what that plan is and, and gathering all of the assets and, and find these things that it takes to sell the person. Hot breath. Yo, Hot Breath Averse. Welcome back. It is I, your host, comedian Joel Byers. And you know what time it is. Hot breath. <sighs> that is right, hot brethren and sistren. This is Hot Breath, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome aboard. If this is your 152nd time listening, welcome back. Thank you so much for all of you joining us on this journey. Today's episode, I'm just going to say in this quick intro, this is a milestone for us. The lady I interviewed today, does not do interviews, like straight up. She's a behind-the-scenes mover and shaker. She does not like to be out there like that. But, you know, your boy, your boy Joel, you know, only the best for hot breath. You know, we make the we make the connections. So I was recently out in L.A. doing some shows and some other interviews, got in contact with her, started coordinating with her assistant, and we got the interview, peeps. Now, it is only 20 minutes, but... It is 20 minutes of information, super pertinent to all the comedians looking to break into the business and how they can do it. So if you enjoy this, a lot of you have been interacting with me on social media, and I really appreciate it. At Hot Breath Pod is the Instagram, Hot Breath Pod on Facebook, all of it, Hot Breath Pod. So just Google it. You'll find us all there. And this is a very exciting one. So let's dive right into it. Thank you for all your continued support as we're building this community. And I have a great announcement, a very exciting announcement in the outro to stay tuned for next week's guest, who is actually a returning guest by popular demand. <laughs> but anyway, that being said, there is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath with Tamra. Goins. Ah. Tamara Goins, welcome to Hot Breath. Hi, Joe. Thank you for doing this. We're thanks sitting. For me. Oh, thanks. You're the head of comedy at Innovative Artists. A long way from rapping with Too Short. Indeed. Back in the day. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> what was your rap name, by the Entice. way? Entice. Entice. Yeah. At Ooh. Fifteen years old. Go Whoa. Figure. You rapping with Too Short at fifteen? Yep. Wow. Twelve. From twelve to twelve to seventeen. So you've always had, you've always been making moves in your life, I guess. I've always been a power player. Indeed. So as the head of comedy here at Innovative Artists, what it, what exactly does that mean? What is your job description? Uh, it means that I oversee a department that has a an agent in every area to represent a comedian's life. Hmm. So we have an unscripted agent. We have a scripted agent. We have touring agents. We have... Um, voiceover, we have, um, uh, and then television and film. So I have one person that on, the only thing she does is television and film. 
um, for our comedians only. So the people that don't necessarily have the acting credits, they don't get left behind or lost mm-hmm. in the cracks. And you were an agent at one time, right? Or you're still yes. you're still an agent I'm as well? I'm still an agent. Now I'm just the, the head of comedy. Um, and then I was an agent at Resolution, which was um, uh, Jeff Berg, formerly the CEO of ICM, was his startup mm. agency. So a lot of the a lot of people I interview on here are more on the show side of show business, mm-hmm. but you're on the business side, right? At a very high level, and there's comedians can be good at the show, but not the business side, or comedians can be good at the business side and not the show side. Right. So what are some common mistakes you're seeing comedians that maybe aren't making it? What are some of the mistakes you're seeing? Uh, I mean, well, I think that the the reason why agents and managers have jobs is because the talent would prefer to be creative hmm. and that's the the thing that they're strong at if they were good at everything all around they re- wouldn't really need us and there are some that you know can balance but it is a huge undertaking and if you have to focus on the business it does take away from the creative however you should still know and and be in tune with the business side of things um I think one of the biggest things is getting your loan out or your corporation set up. Mm. Um, I had uh, one one client who he did a project for VH1 um, and it was like 10 episodes only to get his check. And it was half of what he expected because of the taxes that they take out in California. (sighs) Now, had he had his loan out together, then they wouldn't take anything out. And you're responsible to pay your own taxes. And, you know, in that way you can uh, write off all of the expenses that it takes to be who you are. Mm. So in that case, you know, he had made enough money that he said, okay, we'll leave that there and and not get the check recut. Um, But it was it was significant and it was a huge lesson for him (laughs) to get incorporated, I guess, like your LLC and all that jazz. Well, and the interesting thing um, that you've mentioned oh, about. Oh, this, the is interest- like, this is your first podcast, so I know yes, this is I gotta talk. Okay. hot breath exclusive, so you're good. So the interesting thing about uh, the LLC is that something has happened within the last year that payroll companies are not accepting the LLC. Hmm. So now we are having to have our clients um, change the LLC into an S-Corp for it to be valid because wow. otherwise they're saying that they have to be um, they have to cut the check to them as an individual. And now you're back to the problem of them taking out the taxes. So we're, we went really far right there. Right. <laughs> Even like just for people. Oh, it's so easy to get impatient, especially in comedy right now. And you see someone go viral and it seems like overnight their success, which I mean, you know, you know, the kind of people who have built careers on the Internet. Well, for sure. But. How does how does a comedian know when they're even ready to be like okay I need I need an agent now it's time to take the next level you know I mean I've had people come up to me at comedy clubs and say I need an agent and I'm like why because I want to know why you think you need an agent a lot of times people they think that an agent relationship is very transactional a manager's relationship is more strategy hmm and, you know, and laying out what that plan is and, and gathering all of the assets, like if you have a reel. So even if you're um, doing a lot of stuff just on, on your own, 
you know, with the videos, piecing something together where you can you can you can see your acting ability, because if you have someone that, you know, they're like, oh, I want to use this person. And they're like, do they have a reel? And if we say no, then I'm scrambling around trying to find something. I don't care if it's an independent film or if it's, you know, a sketch. But those assets are so important to the the transaction of it all. Mm. Otherwise, I have to stop what I'm doing and go put on a manager hat and and find these things that it takes to sell the person. What are some of the other assets? So it would be an EPK, electronic press kit. And it's like, okay, what can I send out in one email that tells this casting director who you are? You know, instead of, you know, it it being an email stream, you know, do you have a reel? Do you have their stand-up? Um, do they have headshots? Do they have new headshots? You, uh, you know, it's like their resume. There's all of these things that, you know, you may think are archaic, but they're still used in the tradi- in traditional Hollywood. Mm. So being on breakdowns, um, you know, just having all your online stuff, being listed in IMDb, having an IMDb pro account, depending on what your goals are. Now, if you just want to do, if you just want to do touring, then you hustle shows. But if you're truly in the business of, or your goals are to act and compete with actors, then you have to do what actors do. Mm. And, you know, outside of taking acting classes, which I, you know, really recommend, it's even if you get the opportunity, have the rest of your business set up. And in terms of followers, that's almost like a currency, it seems like now in comedy, that followers can almost create leverage. But from the business side, how important and relevant are followers on social media? I mean, it depends on what the goal is for the show. So if you're talking about television and migrating eyeballs to something that's free, that's what influencers do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's a lot of free content and they have people that can watch their stuff for free. So in terms of migrating that those eyeballs and creating that interaction, it can be looked at as marketing. So but they still want you to have a level of talent and, you know, efficiency. Uh-huh. So, I mean, but even with that, it's almost like, you know, here's the money for his acting and, but here's the money for the marketing piece of this and the expectation of what the marketing is, uh-huh. you know, once it comes out, because before they just assume that the person would, you know, um, promote. But there's there's cachet in promoting. So, you know, that's where that that piece comes in. But now that they're finding that even if you have a lot of followers, what's that engagement? So if your engagement is low, then now now the networks are catching they're catching on that Mm -hmm. it's not just about how many followers. It's, you know, what that engagement is per post when you're posting something that's about the influencer personally, as opposed to posting something that has nothing to do with them, like for sponsorship. Like if you know that this person um, doesn't drink and then they post because you're, you know, the followers, they know who you are. Yeah. So if you don't drink and now you po- post an alcohol ad, you're not necessarily going to get the engagement because your followers know it's not authentic. Yeah. That's shining through more than ever. And people are starting for to sure. get called out on that. Yeah. 
is moving to LA still as necessary as it once was with the internet and that awareness? Well, I think that there are things that happen here that can't happen anywhere. And that's bumping into Judd Apatow at a, you know, comedy club mm-hmm. or, you know, um, bumping into, you know, an executive or an executives coming out to a comedy club or even just having a casting director that's working on one thing that you go in that you may not be right for. But now they'll remember if you're memorable, mm-hmm. then they'll think about you for the next casting job that they have because that's not a one off for them. You know, so the more that you're, you know, being here, it's there's just more opportunity for relationships and networking to happen. That doesn't necessarily happen if you live in, you know, Alabama. Yeah. And and I, I live in Atlanta and, you know, I've been I've been under this. I don't know if it's a delusion or what that at this point, it's like, I just want to get really good at comedy and then let that be the driving force behind the opportunities I get. Right. So since I started, I was like, I want to do it from Atlanta. But mm-hmm. is do you have reality for me or do you think? I mean, Atlanta certainly has a. They're um, produce. I mean, doing a, a lot of the productions are in Atlanta, but a lot of the decisions are still made from here. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of lead roles, and in terms of, um, you know, even like the directors are all like really the top level uh, pieces of the puzzle. They're still cast here, and then the the balance of things. So it's not impossible. But you still have to network and know who's doing what and be involved. But a lot of that, a lot of the information and the decisions are still being driven from here. It, unless it's, you know, like with Will Packer or, you know, yeah. someone that is understands and is, you know, is based there himself. You know, that his production may find, you know, start from Atlanta. But a lot of the other people, they're still, you know, pretty traditional in the flow of information. And a couple people that you work with, like uh, DC Young Fly and like Emmanuel Hudson, both from Atlanta. Was that more like an internet thing you found them on? Uh, I mean, well, it was Wild and Out. So oh, it was from Wild and yeah, Out. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing for the guys that are you know self-made, if you will, where I can help is to navigate through Hollywood mm. in a way that um, you know something. I mean, a lot their um, their their roads have been unconventional in terms of, you know, Hollywood standard, but there's still things in, you know, in the traditional sense that you need to know. There's still protocol and there's information that you won't have unless you're in the mix. Mm. So I think that what I found that the power of the agency is the information. You know, it's to know that it, if you're if I'm a if I'm if I have an independent agency and I'm negotiating for someone I only know what I have. So all I have to go with is their initial offer. However, if I'm in an agency and previously I've dealt with these people and I know that they've paid somebody else more, then they can't tell me, you know, that that's all they have (laughs) because I know. Mm -hmm. And so that really is the power of the agency, I think. What should comedians be looking for in an agent or any red flags? You know, I think, I mean, for me, because I was a buyer first when I produced Shaq All-Star, mm-hmm. I dealt with agents. And so my experience with 
the big guys that had, you know, most of, you know, the people that were on Shaq All-Star is that they wouldn't tell the truth or they would, you know, use one, you know, one person's offer to leverage another person's offer when they're two separate people or they would lag. They they know full well that they weren't going to do it and they wouldn't give me the courtesy of telling me that it was a pass mm. or, you know, just, just, you know, just really being underhanded or if something went wrong, being cowardly and not being able to say something went wrong to allow the buyer to have time to recover because it's show business. Right. So the thing, things change all the time. And so that's the constant is change. But when you're, when you don't have the information to recover, it puts you in a bad situation. So everything that really perturbed me about agents, I don't do. You know, it's like I try to get, I, I don't, you know, I don't avoid calls. So there's not going to be a time when somebody calls my office and I keep saying, tell them to call back, tell them to call. I'm not putting my assistant in that situation. I take the call and let's resolve it. And so I can get it off my desk and that they're not, if it's no, it's no, you know? So I think, you know, making sure that the agent's not blowing smoke, mm. that they're really, you know, if they can't do something, I would prefer for, or, you know, I'd prefer for someone to tell you the truth so you know how to recover from that than for somebody to say, oh, no, it's going to be, you know, just, you know, give it two months. You'll be living in L.A. You'll be, you know, all that. And you're preparing for something that may not be your truth. Mm. So I would say look for somebody that can tell you the good and the bad and, you know, isn't afraid to give you the criticism that you need to grow. And on the management side, I guess it's only agents here at Innovative. Mm -hmm. So the manager, they're more of, like you said, the strategy. Because this is a world I'm unfamiliar with. I'm unrepped and just been doing everything independently. So the manager, what are, what are the kind of skills that they would bring to the table? I mean, they would lay out the strategy for you and mm -hmm. say, okay, what are the projects that you have? What are your goals? And then let's map out how you get there. And then they use the agency to put that, you know, to to make those things come true, whether that's calls or meetings. And man, there's a lot. There's some, definitely some overlap, especially in the beginning if somebody doesn't have an agent. Mm -hmm. And then in my case, I have some guys that have been in the business a long time that don't have managers. So then I end up as a uh, hybrid, which because I've been on the other side of the business, I can do. But it's time consuming. So in a perfect world, you have some a, a manager that is working hand in hand with you. And, you know, so I don't have to stop and go find the assets that I need to show that this person is amazing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but the, but then managers too, managers can produce. So they can be partners with the client in terms of, you know, putting like say a sitcom together. Agents can't, agents can only commission. And it's a, like I said, a real transactional, um, relationship. Mm -hmm. So uh, managers aren't supposed to book. There's there. So there's like, you know, there's like rules to it really that a lot of people outside of LA don't adhere to uh, out of necessity more so out of, you know, just hustling what you get. But once you get here, there, there's an etiquette, you know, that it's, it's nice if it's followed and more embraced. And nobody knows what's embraced in comedy more than you with your experience and the people you've been around. You've, I mean, you work with the like 1% of comedy. So 
being around these exclusively like high performing, high achieving people, what are some of the common traits you're seeing with these people? It's I mean it's work. Mm. It's the work ethic. <laughs> you know, it's yep. it's it's not sleeping. It's not it's self investing. You know, it's not chasing pennies, missing dollars. You know, um, self investing. Self investing, mm. making sure that you know you have that you do a photo shoot and that you have your headshots. Making sure that if you don't have a website, that even your Facebook page has all the information. Um, you know, it's like if you making sure that um, doing your own flyers, even if someone's booked at a club, the clubs have 52 weeks to promote. They're not going to promote you outside of the website until the Monday before the show. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have, if you don't have social media, then you need to create your own marketing plan and, and whatever they're doing, consider ancillary to what you're doing to promote yourself. Any other common traits or really, I know we're, um, we're going to land this plane here. So really in just in summing it up, any other in advice insights you could share to the listeners from your perspective in the comedy world? You know, like I, I have people that come and say, I'm funnier than anybody out there. And it's not enough to just be funny. Mm. Very much the same way that it's not enough for your wife or your girlfriend to just be cute. You know, it's like, you know, is she a good cook? Is she clean? Is she smart? You, can't, you know, what are her ideas about finances? It's very much the same way. What kind of partner are you in turn as a as a client, as an artist? Are you a marketing partner? Are you, you know, it's you know, so it's funny, but are you on time? You know, mm -hmm. are you, you know, do you double book yourself? Do you not show up? You know, so there's more things to just being funny. So I would just say, uh, don't let that be the thing that you hang your hat on. Hmm. You know, you have to bring the the business to it. You show up, but it's, it's, it is show business. Boom. Heard it from the best. Right here, Tamara Goins. You point them Thank at, point at them, let them know. Me. Oh, what am I pointing? The camera. Thanks for doing this. You no. you hadn't done anything like this. I'm honored. So I was, you're honored. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You're going to make me blush. All right. Well, Tamara Goins, thanks for being on Hot Breath. Yeah. That wasn't so bad, right? That was so awful. <laughs> that was so awful? Yeah. No. No, it was great. Hot Breath. All right, Hot Breath Averse. There you go. Tamara Goins has officially been on the record. A very rare interview with one of the most powerful people in comedy. So if you do enjoy this and found it valuable, please share the knowledge. Tag friends in this. Share them with it. Leave an iTunes review. The more we can get this out there, the more we can build this community, which is what this is all about. So thank you for all your support in that. Next week's guest, I've got to let you know. First off, I think my favorite part about the interview with Tamara was just her breaking down social media comedians and just the overall business of comedy. It's just a really good, it was a really good insight into just behind the curtain, if you will. I would love to know what you found most valuable in this. So maybe we, I can start incorporating that into future episodes. So please reach out to me. Hot Breath Pod on social media. All the social media is Hot Breath Pod. 
Uh, hotbreathpod at gmail.com as well. You can reach out to me there. I would love to get your longer form messages on there. And if I get enough of them, hey, maybe I can start turning those into like Q&A episodes. Because as you are noticing, we're rolling out more content here on Hot Breath, as I now call it the Hot Breath Network. So you did notice last Wednesday and every Wednesday, I'm going to start posting these Type 5 podcasts where a lot of these interviews I've done just after road gigs at like four in the morning and I'm sitting with the headliner and I'm like, what insight do you have about life on the road? You know, just like the grungy, just the the grit of comedy is what I'm going to start documenting on those every Wednesday. It's just a quick five minutes, but I think it has a lot of good valuable information and really just shows a side of comedy that people don't see. So that being said, next week's episode is by popular demand. We're talking about social media. This lady is the social media guru. I'm telling you what, I interviewed her back way back when, uh, I believe it was Hot Breath episode number 91. I'm going to link it in the show notes if you want to listen to her old episode before this new one comes up. But she breaks down all the algorithms and how you can build a following. And now we're going to have an updated version where she has built. I caught her at the beginning of building this new account that is now one of the most influential social media accounts you can follow. So much great information. And she's turned into a profitable business. And she's going to break down how comedians can do the same with their work. So definitely, definitely, definitely. Social media is the new resume. If you don't have a good social media, then your resume is lacking. And that episode is going to help you build your resume. So her name is Manu Murado. So definitely check out for her next week. But in the meantime, in between time, a lot of you have been reaching out saying you're starting over all the way, all the way from Hot Breath Episode 1, and you're just binging all of them. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that support. All of your feedback has really been motivating as we're building here very quickly. So definitely go check out our YouTube page as well. That's been building very quickly. And just highlight your boy, you know? If you do like uh, podcasting, you want to start your own, I do have an online podcasting course. It's a how to start a podcast. I uh, will link it in the show notes as well as links to my website and any other pertinent information that you will find valuable. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your time. My goal of building this into an actual hot breath network is coming true and it's because of you. Oh, that rhymed. So anyway, thank you so much to the one and only Amon Garner for handling all the, uh, audio and he uh he's been doing video on some of these as well this one you see is going to be on youtube i was out in la so i did that out and all but amon garner boldcoy.com is where you can book him hire him for your own audio or video needs he has his own podcast network so definitely hit him up and of course finally at the end of all these i have to thank my wife because i'm ever forever indebted legally to thank her for making my theme song it was in our vows so I'm now indebted. It wasn't in our vows, but it might as well be because I feel like all these outros are almost like they're all vows. They're all hot breath vows for that episode. So thanks for all your help and feedback. We're growing very quickly and it's very exciting. So that being said, until next Monday or Wednesday when the Type 5 podcast comes out. But anyway, until next Monday. Right here on Hot Breath.